What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast, where we seek to restore women with God's truth for their everyday lives. I'm Tashika Oliver. And I'm Leah Ross, and we're your hosts. This is season four. This season, we've got some exciting things in store. So join us as we study God's word, celebrate women living faithfully on mission, and dive into cultural issues through a biblical lens. You ready, Tashiva? Oh yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's, let's go. go. the Urban Christian Woman Podcast. We are here uh, in the series, Sheroes of the Faith, and we're back with author uh, Jasmine Holmes, who is the author of Carved in Ebony, and we're going through these ladies, okay? Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to be talking about the almost forgotten oh. spitfire, Sarah G. Stanley. Oh, goodness. I just believe she's an eight on the Enneagram. Oh, I don't care sure. what anybody says. Oh, for sure. I don't care what anybody says. Yes. <laughs> But yeah. Jasmine, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So, okay, Jasmine, why don't you give us a little bit of background around Sarah, how you first learned about her, and telling us about her life and some some of those key highlights. Yeah. Sarah G. Stanley, she shaped the project. So before it started, before I like got into it, um, we were gonna call it "Ain't I a Woman?" after Sojourner Truth's speech. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, but then you know, bell hook, bell hook scooped me like a while ago. Uh-huh. Um, so that wasn't gonna work. <laughs> and then, and also, the interesting fact of research that I learned was that the "Ain't I a Woman?" speech that we usually attribute to Sojourner Truth is largely a work of fiction written by white activists who were like trying to use her as a mouthpiece. Oh wow. Oh, wow. Oh, crazy. Crazy. Mel Irvin Painter has a biography about Sojourner Truth, Ooh. and I didn't want to believe it, but then I read Mel- it, and I was like, oh. Who, what's, what's the author's name? Mel Irvin? Mel Irvin Painter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's so good. So, so I'm really glad I didn't name it Ain't I Woman. Um, first right. of all, Bell Hooks. Um, but then secondly, Mel was like, girl. No. no, but what I was gonna do was I was gonna profile like Sojourner Truth and Fannie Lou Hamer and mm-hmm. Ida B. Wells mm-hmm. and Mary McLaughlin, you know, all of the yeah, yeah. all of the names that like if you know anything about Black history, come I've on, heard you've heard you know them, names. you know them, right, right. And so it's really important. It's important, right? It's important mm-hmm. to learn about these women, and mm-hmm. it's important to write about these women. And so that's what I was gonna do. Mm-hmm. Well, I was reading a book. Um, uh, and I, I think it was called Woman, You Have Stepped Out of Your Place, but it was, it was about the kind of like women in religion mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. And, um, there was just like a castaway line about the American Missionary Association and women who went down South after the Civil War to teach the formerly enslaved. Mm-hmm. And it was like women like Sarah G. Stanley and so and so and so and so and yada yada. And I was like, Sarah G. Stanley, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, let me Google that. And I Googled it and I couldn't find like there's like a Wikipedia mm. article and it was, there's no pictures of her and mm. it's kind of like, you know, kind of a, a, a dead end. And I was like, well, no, I don't believe in dead ends. So mm-hmm. let's keep looking. Let's keep the true heart of a researcher. Right. True like, heart. Let's, let's go. So I found an article um, on JSTOR about her called Who is Sufficient for These Things? And mm. 
read it and the thing that won me over about Sarah was she was a she was white passing um mm-hmm. could have could have just been a missionary passed as white and had a much easier time mm-hmm. um but in her very first letter to the American Missionary Association she was like I am black Mm-hmm. FYI. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she goes down south and becomes a teacher. And when people find out that she's black, they're like, somebody doesn't want a room with her, mm-hmm. you know? Or like, mm-hmm. because she doesn't look black, you know, people are in front of her saying things about yep. black folks that like, she, so um, eventually she ends up sending a letter to um, the powers that be and being like, we need to do something about this because our job is to be here teaching these people mm-hmm. the gospel and these white folks are defaming the name of Christ and the way that they're treating these mm-hmm. folks, and mm-hmm. they need to learn the ABCs of the gospel. Mm-hmm. This ain't it. Mm-hmm. And so I read that article, and I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> yes. I, listen, when she, yes. when literally when you quote it, she is, la- they are laboring for the advancement of the kingdom of Satan. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, she you know said, what we're working with. I'm about to tell it like it is every time. Yep. yep. Every time. Every time. Like she even in I think in maybe in the same letter, she's like, you know, we need to, we need to teach people like this is the image of Christ in the body yes. of a Negro. Mm-hmm. Like you need to, and I'm like, dang, Sarah, that is real edgy to it's edgy to say that now. In Even now. And she was like in the 1860s, like, right. no, I'm not afraid. Uh-huh. Um and so that changed the entire trajectory of the book because I was like, how, what? Like, if if there has been a popular level biography written about a woman, I am not going to put her in the book. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose women who have not been written about mm-hmm. at a popular level um, for for some time, right? Because mm-hmm. there was a time, that, you know, in the 40s, 50s, 60s, a little bit in the 70s where it was more popular to do biographies of, yeah. of black women. And, and it kind of, it's fallen out of favor. Um, mm-hmm. It's way more in the academic sphere now. And so yeah. I was like, if it hasn't been written about on a popular level recently, um, mm-hmm. so Fannie Lou Hamer, you know, amazing, but right. out because like right. I live in Mississippi, mm-hmm. we know who Fannie is. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. Fannie Lou is not a mystery yep. to us. In fact, yep. in, in Mississippi, because we have so many old black folks, mm-hmm. We don't call her Fannie Lou. We call her Miss Hamer. That's what I'm about to say. Y'all better say Miss and exactly. yes, ma'am at that. Okay, exactly. Because like okay. you know, you're just talking about her like 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 a, like a historical figure. Like oh, Fannie, Lou. and they're like Miss Miss, Miss Hamer. <laughs> like right. That's you like, bad. yes, ma'am, Miss Hamer. Yes, ma'am. Yes, that was wrong with me. Um, Ida E. Wells also out, um, right. even yes. though incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mary McLeod Bethune, know. excellent, also mm-hmm. out. Um, mm-hmm. And again, somebody that I knew about because Mary McLeod Bethune, Zeta, mother, sorority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it became a completely different book. Um, mm-hmm. because of Sarah G. Stanley. She was mm-hmm. the one who inspired me to look for story, look a little deeper. And so mm-hmm. my litmus tests were, couldn't have a popular level biography written about them, and I could not have learned about them before. Um, mm-hmm. And wow. it, it was really, it, it changed everything. It was awesome. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, so what did you discover about her activism in abolition during the mid-1800s? So her family, she was from Newborn, 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 mm-hmm. baby on the brain, mm-hmm. Newborn, North Carolina. Um, and her family, there was a lot in North Carolina that you were not allowed to teach um, enslaved or formerly enslaved black people how to read. Mm-hmm. And Sarah's parents were a lot like her. They were white passing, um, mm-hmm. but very much involved in black society in Newborn. And her parents started a school for black children um, mm-hmm. because... <laughs> 
because they wanted to. That's <laughs> it. Because they could. Like, whatever. Law. Okay, like, I'm going to... And so Sarah and her siblings were kind of educated alongside these other children. Her mom was a teacher in the school. And um, when Sarah was about 16 years old, her mom took her to Ohio Mm -hmm. um, to enroll in Oberlin College because it was one of the few colleges that was integrated at the period. And Mm -hmm. she became a teacher. Her family ended up moving to Ohio because racial hostility was just ramping up in New Bern, and it was Mm -hmm. no longer safe for them to live there. And she began her abolition work in earnest in Ohio, um, writing letters and just being herself, being mm-hmm. her spitfiery mm-hmm. self. The woman mm-hmm. could turn a phrase. There were several letters that I read of hers where I was like, uh, okay, let me read that again <laughs> because you just said so much in that one line. And I, she need was to, a like, Scott, she's a straight scholar. She was. And she was just like, she was just like, you guys need to work. But yeah. one of her letters, she was like, you need to be like the Spartans, okay? You're not coming home from this work unless you were on top of your shield. Mm-hmm. Yes. Dead. Like, yes. we need get out there. Like, mm-hmm. yes. we need to do this. This is very important. And yes. so that's kind of where activism started. Um, and then right after the Civil War, like I said, she went down with the American Missionary Association and she butted heads with them too because Sarah butted mm-hmm. heads with everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. She married a white man because she wanted to and they were like... No, tell me like, what. No, tell me yeah. what. Right, exactly. I will. And they were like, "I'm not really sure you're a good fit." And she was like, "Cool, I'll go work somewhere else." Like it. That was just her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She ended up as an older woman teaching at uh, Lucy Craft Laney is another woman in um, Carved mm-hmm. Ebony. She almost didn't make it because even though I hadn't heard about her, a lot of people in Lucy's stomping ground in Georgia were like, are you serious? Like, mm-hmm. we have street standards. But she had a school called Haynes Normal and Industrial Institute in Georgia that was a really big deal. And Sarah G. Stanley actually worked there in her twilight years. Um, mm-hmm. Died in her 80s. And, you know, people don't know her name. Yeah. Yeah. But now they will. But now they will. Yes. I love, we love that she was born into like this sort of relative privilege. I don't know. I mean, I guess you could use that phrase, right? Because you're saying like she could have passed as white, but she Mm -hmm. chose not to, right? Mm -hmm. Like she bound herself instead to hurt people Mm -hmm. um, and use that as her pathway for change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so, I mean, I think for us, like that was. Yeah, yeah. We, we were talking about this earlier about the ways in which, you know, we're we're black women. So the beautiful black women made in the image of God. And there is this, you know, tangibleness of like, what are the ways that um, there can be passing today that we she she really was mm-hmm. committed like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to pass. Mm-hmm. And not only am I not going to pass, I'm actually going to go to my people, mm-hmm. help right. my people, educate my mm-hmm. people, equip my people mm-hmm. and then send my people out. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. and um, we often find this. Um, I, I think, you know, maybe this is just it could be up north. It could be down south. I don't know. But. Um, the ways in which um, people of color uh, pursue passing and why there's a necessity for us to care um, for one another Mm -hmm. in that space. Like there's this responsibility and we were talking about that in the first part of the podcast. Yeah, and even just like, so I don't, we may be totally off here, Jasmine. I'd love to hear Tell us if we off, girl. 
But I feel we when I was reading this, I was like, I feel like the modern day form of passing is in your education, right? Like there's a way to escape into this other social echelon, if mm-hmm. you will, and mm-hmm. just forget about your people. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there's like almost this like example in her life of this is what it looked like at that time. Mm-hmm. Here's what it looked it might look like now. Today. Mm-hmm. 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 And then let's glean from this example to lay down that right or that privilege to escape and mm-hmm. actually pursue redemption and wholeness and healing. Yeah, yeah. And I would even say not necessarily like laying it down, but even the space of like the responsibility because, yeah. you know, as we were talking about with Mariah Fearing, like mm-hmm. all of these women were sovereignly orchestrated in place where they were. And it was not by happenstance. Like it was, it was for another Mm -hmm. time. It was for the future. And I think, you know, that's a whole nother story that I could, a whole nother idea in my mind right now that's rolling of like, we're often seeing it as a laying down and it's actually the calling. It's the continuum of the story that God is trying to connect in our lives. But we Mm -hmm. think, oh, we about to go save somebody we about to go no 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 yeah. Yeah. we actually are on mission trying to fulfill mm-hmm. the work that god mm-hmm. is connecting the dots for i think in our lives mm-hmm. you know Absolutely. yes so anyway yeah how did how did her role in calling change post-civil war so post-Civil War, because she was married to a white man, um, the American Missionary Association was no longer super comfortable with her working for them. Um, so she became a teacher in other places and kind of like moved moved around the South. Um, her husband died really early and she had to teach in order to make money for herself and support mm-hmm. herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is, you know, other than her working at the um, Haynes normal and industrial institute there's very little like specific Mm -hmm. information about where she ended up we only know where she was in her 80s because she got a pension um Mm -hmm. and and that's it i mean honestly she just kind of falls off after that um one thing that i thought was really interesting about her work for the american missionary association was she said that she really wanted to go and minister to the formerly enslaved but she also said that the ministry would be shaping for her spiritual walk um, as well. Mm -hmm. And so really like she was equipped to go forward and do for the rest of her life. Um, Mm -hmm. We just don't know exactly what that looked like. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of The Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one-sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. Talk about that a little bit too, because I remember reading that and I was like, man, that would change sort of what we're just talking about. That would change our whole scope of how we do ministry on a day-to-day life, mm-hmm. day-to-day, you know, rhythm. Yeah, if we saw it that way, mutuality, yeah, this dignity. mutuality mm-hmm. of like, oh, I'm not going to go 
teach them or help them or transform them, but it's a mutual um, yeah. thing. Yeah. Symbiotic. Yeah. Yeah, God is going to use my ministry towards others to teach me about... He's going to show me things about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even in the writing of this book, like he showed me things about myself. Um, one of the women I reacted so violently against, almost did not put her in the book because I was like, mm. ew. Mm-hmm. Um, Nanny Helen Burroughs. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, no. Mm-hmm. No, baby. I don't like. I don't like you. I don't like how you talk about black people. I don't mm-hmm. like. I don't like your vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we only God, want the pretty stories. We only exactly, want exactly. And God was like, I think that you don't like her because she reminds you of the worst parts of yourself, mm-hmm. and I think that you're imposing the worst parts of yourself on her instead mm-hmm. of actually taking her for who she is. So mm-hmm. there was just a, there was and there was a lot of that um, in in the learning and in the research. Mm-hmm. So even in me like sharing mm-hmm. these stories, you know, there were sometimes where I was coming from a place of judgment and God was just had to remind me over and over again. Um, yeah, that yeah. I like. I was talking about this in, uh, I have a Carved in Ebony podcast with my friend Abina and I was talking about Nanny the other day and <laughs> I was just like, I can just imagine her being like, really? Because like, what have you done for the <laughs> while you're sitting here talking about me? And like, right, you're sitting here talking about me? Right, like talk, like talk about it then. Talk like, about tell it me. then. You got something to say, say it. What, you, what did you do? I'm, I'm so sorry. You tell me. And it's like, okay, I have that. like when I look at these 10 women, like I don't want to like, mm, yes, ma'am, yeah. nothing actually. Ooh, like zero things. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Zero things. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I want to say. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes, yes, yes. They're still resonating. I love how you even, you know, you saying that it takes me to your words um, in this chapter where you said I stood in my living room crying with her letters in my hands mm-hmm. because Sarah Griffith Stanley offered me at 30 what I wish I had at 10, 12 or 14 growing up in my predominantly white surroundings, the gumption to be vocally Christian, vocally Mm. black, and vocally proud of the identity that the Lord has chosen for me, the ability to not be afraid of being the most intelligent woman in the room, the Mm. most outspoken woman in the room, the only black woman in the room. Mm. Well said, my sister. Well said. Mm. Well said. And, you know, I want to say well said because I think that um, we have many sisters who listen to this podcast and they feel the weight of that. Mm -hmm. They feel the weight of uh, that singleness and in the room Mm -hmm. and to understand that this is why we look to our foremothers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that we can be encouraged in that way. What stood out to you the most about the faithful witness of Sarah's life? Um, so my husband is an Enneagram 8. and uh, Shout out to, all, shout the out to all the 8s. He's such an 8, man. And it's so funny because like I... Um, I always tell, like, I have a couple friends who are female eights, and I always tell them, like, I don't like female eights. <laughs> and they're like, that is okay. so rude of you to say to me. I'm like, you're not hurt. That didn't even hurt your feelings. So why we you really are not? We really are not. I was like, you don't care. Else. I'm for someone else. I don't care. <laughs> right, right. Like, um, I'm settled and, in who I am. That's fine. Exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's so, like, whenever I have said that, there's been eights in the room. I'm like, can we say that? I'm like, she does not care. Here, she's she is fine. She's like, why don't you like female eights? Because you're a misogynist. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so, you know, with and I'm a five, and so in health, fives move towards eight. And so mm-hmm. in 
<laughs> in the writing of Carved in Ebony and in the learning about these women, I have felt that in myself of like moving more towards like, you can like me or you can not like me and that's okay. Yes. That's, like, that's, that's your problem. That's I, it. And I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm not for everybody and that's fine. Um, and so Sarah... <laughs> taught me in those ways and I think like pulled that more so like pulled that Mm. out of me that part of me who you know when when I think about my personality um I'm an Enneagram 5 through Mm -hmm. I was like do you have a wing and I'm like can you can the wing be the same number again because like (laughs) that was a five would say that that's 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 what I've got for you a five with a five wing um and Mm -hmm. Uh, but but growing up in predominantly white evangelical circles, mm-hmm. there were so many parts of my personality that were stifled and so many parts of my personality that were um, suffocated to the mm. extent where now as a woman of 30... 30, what, 32, I'll be 32 in April. Look at mm-hmm. me, Lord, Lord mm-hmm. have mercy. I don't know. It don't Listen, you're a young mom. You get passes all day, okay? <laughs> it's like, It'll oh, come back one year. It's <laughs> like, how old am I? I was born in 1990. That's what always helps because I'm like, okay. okay, what year is it? Right, there you go. Add, add 10. Um, <laughs> but growing, you know, I have so many people from who knew me, you know, my husband and I was called, like the time before, mm-hmm. right? Before I started going to therapy and before I started coming into yeah. myself and before I started, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, man, you're just really different. Mm-hmm. Like, you're kind of mean now. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> A little bit. Sometimes that's called boundaries. We love them. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And looking at Sarah, who is like, I'm 31 coming into myself, mm-hmm. finally. Sarah mm-hmm. was 23, 24, mm-hmm. and she was like, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. That is Unapolog- incredible. Oh, my incredible. goodness. Unapologetic. I have much less to lose than she had. Yeah. And so she has emboldened me to wow. to be bold like to to be mm. to be myself and to be more unapologetically myself in the ways that are going to bring glory to God in the ways that are going to equip his church mm. um yeah she's changed me for sure and not yeah. not even changed but like brought out parts of me that I was ashamed yeah. of before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah amen to that yeah i feel like as you were talking about that i just am like her her boldness in calling out hypocrisy this quote, Jasmine, where she's talking drop about it. drop it right now. Just drop it. Talking drop. about all the she strange, had multiple quotes. Strange okay. incongruency. Multiple. As the song of freedom reverberates and reverberates through the northern hills, and the lingering symphony quivers Talk in the about still it. air and then sinks away into silence. A Talk low, deep wail, heavy with anguish and despair, rises from the southern plains. And the clank of chains on human limbs mingles mm. with the mournful More. cadence. Mm. I mean, the woman was straight spit fire. Okay. Like, that's why she bold. the almost forgotten spit fire. Okay. Bars. 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 Bold. Bars. All day, though. Yeah. Yes. Just yeah. like the courage and the boldness to straight mm-hmm. put words on that in the time in which she lived, mm-hmm. like, may that just be a blessing to us. Yeah, and, and I feel, I, I definitely, like, as like the way that you wrote this chapter and communicating her story, like, you were even just talking about her, she, she had a legacy of included, yeah. rigorous, 
theological education. And so I'm like, that's why she writing like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she like, oh, I see exactly what you're doing. Yeah, Let me absolutely. articulate this mm-hmm. for absolutely. you. Mm-hmm. Unapologetically. Yeah. Yeah, yes. because I see all of the devil schemes she and how skills. he's oper- Yes, and when we talk about Francis Ellen Watkins Harper, same thing. Theological mm-hmm. skills, like yeah. she knew what she was talking about. No. Um, mm-hmm. and that's one thing. Like you know, be- <sighs> there are so many white theologians who we give a pass mm-hmm. for their incredibly racist ideologies. Um, Dabney is one of my favorite examples of this because you, Dabney, when you read Dabney talking about like propitiation Mm -hmm. or you read Dabney talking about like justification, you read, you're like, man, he, you read Dabney talking about Calvinism, you're like, Mm -hmm. man, maybe free will is a lie. Like, I'm like, dang, Mm. this man, Mm. bars, right? Mm. But then Mm. you, but then, Mm -hmm. he talks about slavery and, and you're like, yeah. You help help me okay. understand. You think make it okay. make sense. I oh okay. And you you think it's more than okay. You think it's the best mm-hmm. thing that we okay. You think that black people shouldn't be ordained because they're not smart enough to be okay. Cool. Like you mm-hmm. and there's these two sides of him where you're like, how do those? How does one side not impact mm-hmm. the other? How does that? And you know, whenever I talk about that, people are like, well, you know, but nobody had it both like nobody had it i'm like no just the people that that you think are important Mm -hmm. didn't have it both Mm -hmm. because there are people that you don't think are as important that actually did have both that's right and sarah d stanley Mm -hmm. is an example of of one of those people that she will pass all of your theological spot checks Mm -hmm. yes and also yeah she just wasn't allowed in your institution that's the only problem which is so that's why it's so important to tell her story. Yeah. I'm thankful for this. Thankful for you telling her story. Um, To she, will you pray for us? Yes. we close out the podcast? Yes, yes. Father, thank you so much for the life of Sister Sarah G. Stanley. Thank you for her as a foremother and an example um, of a woman who did not um, uh, minimize who you created and made her to be. But Father, she embraced it with a fullness and a joy. And Father, she saw the purpose by which you made her and she pushed towards that end. And so, Father, I pray, praise you and thank you for Jasmine. Thank you for un- using her to uncover this story, using her to grow in her identity as a woman and allowing to uh, reflect your beauty and goodness as you made her. And I pray that for our sisters who are on the other side of this mic listening to the podcast. Father, we pray for them. We pray uh, for our sisters who um, are uh, have not embraced um, the beauty and the goodness and every part of the, the parts of how you have made them, the things that um, they shy away from or pursue with timidity because it is not 
quote unquote correct um, in their communities um, or how they were raised. Father, I pray that they would wrestle with you through this. And God, that that they would be able to see the mission that you have for them, God. We, we pray that we would be women who not only hunger after your word, but seek to grow in knowledge and, and understanding, God, because they, they too need to merge um, uh, for the glory of your name. And so, Father, we pray to this end. We pray that you would continue um, to uh, use this resource carved in ebony for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm. Have a blessed day, ladies.